Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Brett Behrens, Andy Olson here after Illinois opens up the Big Ten with a dominating win, routing Rutgers 86-51. The final, this one not even close after it was 8-7. Illinois absolutely explodes, goes on a big-time run, 19-4 at one point in the first half. It got even bigger than that as... Andy, this game was essentially over at halftime. 43-23 was the score at the break, and Illinois did not let off the gas, putting up 43 more second-half points. An emphatic victory, and I know that made Brad Underwood happy. Yeah, anytime they play defense this well, I feel like it makes Brad Underwood pretty happy. But, I mean, this was something that I was not expecting coming into the game. I said on the pregame show that I thought, uh, Rutgers would keep it close to at least within 10 just because this is the Big Ten. I know Rutgers hasn't had a great start to the year, but I figured that you know this is the game that you're going to get Rutgers best, and instead it was just Illinois able to completely clamp up, uh, first of all, their top scorer, Ron Harper Jr., who'd come in averaging almost 20 points a game. Coleman Hawkins keeps him to just five points, one of nine from the field. So he didn't have a lot going on in this game, and it felt like once they were able to limit him, and Brad Underwood made a point afterwards to say that one of the biggest things was was keeping them out of the paint. There just wasn't any way Rutgers was going to keep up with Illinois, especially the way that they were shooting from behind the arc. I feel like that was one of the struggles early on for the Illini this season was that they weren't hitting enough three-pointers, and that was you know the opposite today. They hit... Uh, 12 as a team, Jacob Grandison, Alfonso Plummer just coming up huge today on a day where you didn't need Kofi Coburn or Trent Frazier to have big days. And this was probably the big thing that people wanted to see from Illinois this season was you got to come in after losing Io DeSumo and become more of a team and not just rely on that one guy. And I felt like that that was something that they struggled with early on no one was stepping up um and if it was someone it was Kofi specifically UT Rio Grande Valley where that game was super close Coburn had most points in his career but this was the first game where it felt like you could rely on those role players and Plummer maybe he's not a role player anymore because he scored 20 points in four straight games but Grandison getting up there and scoring you know Frazier when he hasn't practiced all week being able to uh, just facilitate and not have to be that three-point shooter I feel like is the very important next step that the team needed to make. And, you know, the fact that they looked so good doing that, I know they were at home and, you know, you got to win your Big Ten home games. But, um, you know, Rutgers is no slouch. They're projected middle of the Big Ten coming into this year. And this is about as good as Illinois could have hoped for coming into the game. Yeah, Geo Baker does not play. That was the biggest storyline coming into the game. And Rutgers Mm -hmm. certainly could have used him. I think the biggest storyline, though, was that Ron Harper Jr. only scores five points. I mean, even if he would have put up 25, they they still wouldn't have won the game because Illinois' defense was that good. But, I mean, Andy, this guy has just absolutely blasted Illinois the last couple of years. He's such a mismatch for the Illini, and they just haven't had a guy that has been able to defend him and for what he's able to do. And so, for me, it was Coleman Hawkins, you know, being able to, to really impose his will defensively on him. I mean, if you would have told me before the game Harper only makes one shot, I would have told you that Illinois would have won by 20-plus. Maybe I wouldn't have said quite by this much, but they they just completely dominated. And for as good as the offense was in putting up 86, it was holding Rutgers to 51, and and that's the most impressive thing to me. And you mentioned that them, uh, the Illinois 
was able to spread it around a little bit. I mean, I, I love this stat line for Trent Frazier as a point guard with Andre Curbelo out once mm-hmm. again. This is a t- this is a typical point guard stat line, and he, he chucks up ten shots. He only makes two, but he goes six points, five assists, and five rebounds, and only two turnovers. I, I love that with a couple of steals in there as well. Uh, one steal for him, I should say. Five points, five assists, and six. Uh, let me let me try this all again. That was not right. Six <laughs> points. I can read. I promise. Six points, five assists, five rebounds. How about that? That was the stat line for Trent Frazier, and. Look, he's running the point with Carbello out, and mm-hmm. that's really, really impressive to me. Just to something that is not jump off the page. Kofi Coburn, 31st career double-double, 13 points, 15 rebounds. Obviously, Plummer putting up 24. All of those things are going to stand out to me, but it was a guy like Trent and DeMonte doing things that aren't eye-catching but are really team-first things that help this team win. And and they were able to spread it around, you know, and – when you can get 19 assists on 32 made field goals, you're doing something right there as well. And then holding Rutgers to just 30% shooting. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's going to win you games through and through in the Big Ten if you defend like that. Yeah, and, you know, we're not going to see this on the stat sheet because they don't keep track of hockey assists, but I tweeted out yeah. that Kofi probably had quite a few of those because the way that he was able to draw in the interest of the Rutgers defense and right. then pass it back out and then that pass going to the guy in the corner, we saw that a couple of times uh, tonight, and that is the next level of Kofi's game that could make him the national player of the year because he doesn't have to have the nights where he has to put up 20 or more points. If there's a night where you find out that the other team's game plan is to completely take your seven foot center out of the game, which it's going to be most of the night, exactly. You know, it, you know, there's going to be guy. there's going to be nights where they put two or three guys on him, and he's not going to be able I shouldn't say he's not going to be able to score it'll be much easier to score by tossing the ball around by by getting it to the guys on the outside and when Illinois is shooting like that of course they're going to win by 35 points because you saw Rutgers game plan against the Illinois offense was take Kofi out of it they did that but they didn't game plan for the fact that Kofi was able to get out of those situations and, and help uh by being the guy that basically being the screen for the guys on the outside because he took all the attention away. Yeah, and what really helps that, in my eyes, Andy, is the fact that Kofi goes five for six from the line. Yeah. If he continues to be that freshman Kofi that can make free throws and and do things really well there at the line, then they can't just hack him and, and, you know, force him to shoot those free throws and and take their gambles with that. So that, to me, is really big. Uh, Illinois shoots 33 threes. That's a little much for my liking (laughs) in that sense, but... You know, you make 12 of them, and that's still a decent stat line there. But, you know, when they shoot 48% and they hold the other team to 30, they're going to win every game. Now, that's not going to happen every time. They're going to have to figure out how to win by not scoring in the 80s mm-hmm. and get a grind-out type of game in that sense. But I I was very impressed with what they were able to do. And Kofi only scoring 13, like we think that's a bad night. That's exactly the concoction here that can win you games when mm-hmm. you have the other players, and this isn't even with Andre Curbelo. So when you have these types of performances, when Kofi only goes, quote-unquote, for 13 and 15, I mean, my goodness, what, what kind of luxury do, do we have there, <laughs> you know? And do Illinois fans have for that sense to, to watch Kofi just absolutely dominate that? And he only took eight shots. He doesn't have to shoot... 15 or 20 times a game and if he does that's great but I think it's just diversifying this offense and what they can do and showing that they can win multiple ways 
Mm-hmm. And Underwood said it after the game, and so did the players. They echoed it. Big Ten means more. And it should. This is what you play for. You play to win a Big Ten title. Okay, you stumble against, you know, Marquette, and, and you don't beat, you know, Cincinnati. But there's th- those things, if Illinois wins 15 or 16 Big Ten games, don't become an issue. Exactly. Because the Big Ten is that important. Now, can they do that again? I think it's going to be really, really tough to win 16 games in the Big Ten again. I mean, that that was really, really impressive last season. But this sets them up really, really well for a tough test at Iowa on Monday. Iowa fights back, goes on a huge run at Purdue tonight, and they lose by seven. But, you know, they showed some fight there on the road without their best player. Um it's it's going to be tough, but you know what? This is a very nice resume type win for Illinois, and and a, and and I say that in a sense where it's like they should win tonight. They were favored. Mm-hmm. They should beat Rutgers at home, like you said, a middle of the pack pick packed picked Big Ten team. <laughs> but these are games you have to win at home, and they did. And so for me, it's the resume win of like, hey, you took care of business. You mm-hmm. did what you were supposed to do. Now, if you can go win at Iowa on Monday. Now you're really setting yourself up well there to feel good about the rest of the month when November did not go according to plan. Yeah, and this is, you know, getting this win just reassures what people saw against Notre Dame too. Yeah. And, and, you know, Brad talked about how they should have won that game by 25. Like, cool, but you won that game in pretty dominant fashion. I don't think there was a point in the second half where it was like, okay, Notre Dame, they might get back in this. You know what I mean? And. Same you know, tonight. There wasn't a exactly. Point. They took care of business, and that is kind of the team building back trust with the fan base. After you mentioned November not going exactly the way they had planned, with bad performances against Marquette and Cincinnati, Kansas State game, even though they won, wasn't all that inspiring either. Uh, but you know, the win against Notre Dame. Is, I should even bring up UT Rio Grande Valley, like I already did. Yeah. That game was way closer than it needed to be down the stretch, even though you score, what was it, 94, uh, I believe. Uh, but being in control against Notre Dame, being in control against Rutgers are things that this team should do, and, and they should be. They should expect to do those things. Fans should expect them to do that. But based on the past performances in November, it didn't seem guaranteed coming into it. So the, to see them actually go out in – fulfill those expectations I think was exactly what I needed to see what fans needed to see to again believe that this team can go on and have a successful year and possibly compete for a Big Ten title and a spot in the NCAA tournament and the chance to go to Iowa go to Iowa against a team that has lost the national player of the year two-time national player of the year uh does look good was not projected to do very well in the big 10 this year i believe they're ninth which was one spot behind rutgers but clearly they've showed early on that they are better than uh i think that assessment that people had in the offseason but if you go and win that game you're two and oh for the rest of december before they pick back up in the big 10 in january again and they got to be feeling really good like you already mentioned for the rest of the month and just to be at the top of the standings for the rest of the month because no one can knock them down once you're 2-0 because yeah. they don't play another conference game until uh, January 2nd at Minnesota. So I also don't remember the last time they started 2-0 in these early December games. Derek Piper brought up on the pregame show that it's been a long time. Yeah. I don't know if they ever have, to be honest. So this is what we expected, what everyone expected, and to see them do so and fulfill that, I think, is huge at least from my viewpoint and uh, my viewpoint of 
what I expect them to do the rest of the year. Sure. Now, I think. Yeah, and it sets up a really big week next week because you go to Iowa Monday and then you host Arizona. Yeah. Who is they really look, really impressive? From look like a, a wagon. Of times I've seen them. Yeah. I mean they. They have got some weapons, and that's going to be a whale of a game next Saturday at State Farm Center. So, look, this is a take-care-of-business game in my eyes. And you, you go and you mark another one in the left side, and you improve to 6-2 and two and 1-0 and oh in Big Ten play, and, and you set yourself up. And the biggest week of the season is upcoming yeah. for Illinois so far with two high major games, one conference, and your marquee non-conference game of the season – against Arizona and so Missouri's trash I mean they're just not good they, I mean when you only score 11 against Liberty in one half yeah like that's it. and that's not coming from a place on our part as being Illinois beat reporters no it's just they've just bad. looked bad okay. I want that game to be competitive I don't think it will be yeah no but I mean you know, Brad Underwood's only one one bragging right yeah, sure so I mean it means a lot to him it's their only trophy I'm sure they want yeah. to take it home yeah well there was another trophy earlier this year. Oh, that's true. I guess the tournament. <laughs> but your rivalry game trophy, yeah, I should the, say. The rivalry game, no doubt about that. Uh, and the, the Bragging Rights trophy is absurdly large. So it's it's <laughs> the aware. biggest trophy. <laughs> Maybe not their only trophy, but their, their biggest trophy by far. Let's see if they can um, fit it in the bus. Yeah, exactly. So that, that game needs to be an Illinois win, and you play another cupcake in there as well. You know, and so they got two cupcakes, actually. They got they got two games. St. Francis from one of them. Yeah, and then uh, no, 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 coming up here. They, yeah, in in December, mm-hmm. um, is it St. Francis one of them? Yeah. Okay, so St. Francis. I don't remember the other game they play at the end of the month. Um, but you've got two more cupcakes games. If you want to count right. Missouri as a cupcake game, uh, maybe Illini Nation can go ahead and do that. I'm um, certainly can't. I'm sure they're they're them, they're willing to and ready yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. After the Tigers' performance last night, then uh, you know you you can't count much into that. So. Um, you know, we'll we'll see here how it how it plays out, but you know, it, they're setting themselves up. St. Francis, Florida A and M, and Florida A and M. There you go. That one's at the end of the month. So two cupcakes, Missouri. You've got Iowa, and then Arizona. Mm-hmm. So hey, look, you, you know, even if you lose the Arizona game, I think you still feel pretty good about oh, yeah. where you're at and in non-conference play and wrapping that up. And this certainly helps the December vibes. A yeah. More. Say you go four and one of those five, and you're looking at. Oh, I can do math. I don't do math, Andy. Would that be eleven and three heading into January? Yes, that would be eleven and three. That's you got to be feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, you know, certainly like a couple of back in there, and and what that was, like we talked about. But you know, overall, I I think you've got a really positive vibe right now. So big game Monday. Uh, We'll see if Keegan Murray plays. That's the biggest question mark heading into Iowa. He's their best player. Was out tonight against Purdue, and Purdue still hangs seventy. Uh, seven seventy-seven seven. I believe that final was Purdue and Iowa tonight in West Lafayette. So uh, we'll see how it all wraps up. But I think this is a, another steady performance for Illinois. Alfonso Plummer once again twenty-four points. And the thing that impressed me too, Andy, is that he showed some flash driving tonight. Yeah, I hadn't seen that really more than just a couple of times, and even some strong finishes, getting some and ones, showing he can do more than just shoot threes. I think that was really impressive for me tonight. It got brought up, yeah. You know, in the offseason, no one really talked about his ability to put the ball on the floor. Just the way he's able to shoot from beyond the arc, and you mentioned, you said it. He really showcased that. Yeah. He had an and one uh, tonight that uh, you know was a good finish at the rim. And you know he used to be a point guard, is what Brad said. I mean, 
little guy. You know, I don't want to say he's little. I think he's taller than me, maybe. But uh, <laughs> he's, we'll say little compared to like your Kofi's. I think sure. everyone is a little little well, compared yeah, to him. That's true. But you know, he played point guard at one point in, in his career, so he knows how to to drive and uh, and dish it. And Illinois is getting you know a, a great look at what he can do, and he's gonna be. A solid role player and someone the team needs to really rely on yeah. as they get down the stretch. And he gets to start again tonight with Andre Curbelo out. You said he was in pretty good spirits. What did you see from him on the yeah. sideline? Certainly don't want to speculate about what his no. injury is or whatever else, but like you seem to think he was looking okay. Yeah, he looked good. He he was positive. He uh, messed with the camera a little bit as he was coming off at, when they were high-fiving fans, so he, he's definitely in good spirits. The only thing that we know is that what Brad Underwood said yesterday – it's a process, and he's out what that process is. We're not sure. We know he's had a concussion so far this year. And after Kansas State, Brad said that he was dealing with some head trauma. That is all the information yeah. that we have. Are those two related? We have no idea whatsoever because they have not let on yeah. to anything like that. But for three games in a row, Illinois has gotten the win with him on the bench. I think tonight, you know, he was was certainly up for it. He, was even, he even came out with a little bit of the... Uh, uh, the the brisket that was in the the media room and ate that as the second half was getting started. So he he was definitely feeling good and yeah. uh, you know like himself and hopefully he gets back out onto the court pretty soon. Yeah, that sounds about right for Andre Carbello. <laughs> uh, full of personality in that sense. You didn't see him warm up or anything, right? He would, no, yeah, he, all in street clothes. He was in game. street yeah. clothes the whole game. Did not see him in warm ups. Uh, so we even after Brad what Brad had said yesterday, we kind of expected pretty early that he was going to be, sure. be out of this one. Okay. We'll continue to follow that as they go along. But they didn't need them tonight in an 86-51 win. Illinois now improves to 6-2 and that 1-0 in the Big Ten play. For Andy Olson, I'm Brett Barons. Thanks so much for listening. We'll do it again Monday night after Illinois and Iowa in Iowa City. Thanks so much for listening.